Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Oracle Network. Look deeper. Hi everyone, I'm Fern from Evidence of a Crime, a true crime podcast. I use extensive research to respectfully tell the stories of missing people, unsolved, cold cases, murder cases and more from around the world. I've covered well-known cases such as Jacob Wetterling, an 11-year-old boy who disappeared in the USA, but mostly cover lesser-known cases such as the disappearance of Ruth Wilson, the murder of Carl Bridgewater and the double murder of Monica and Dominique Frome. You can listen to Evidence of a Crime on all podcast platforms, or search Evidence of a Crime to find me on social media. Hey, 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 Rainbow Warriors. This is my disclaimer. Beyond the Rainbow is a true crime podcast. It's not suitable for young children, and maybe not even for some adults. I tend to swear like a sailor, and I'm kind of proud of that. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, Rainbow Warriors. Welcome to Beyond the Rainbow, true crimes of the LGBT. I'm your host, CJ. I have been seriously touched by listeners who've reached out to me on social media to let me know how much they like this podcast. I just want you to know that that really makes it all worth doing. Thank you, guys. I truly appreciate you. I also really appreciate those listeners who've reached out with case suggestions. Either the victim was your friend or family member, or the perpetrator was someone known to a rainbow warrior. Or maybe it's just a case you wanted to hear. These types of interactions for me are just priceless. If you're a new listener, please find me on Facebook at Beyond the Rainbow Pod or my Facebook page at Rainbow Crimes. My Twitter is Rainbow Crimes or my Instagram account, Beyond the Rainbow Pod. I should have said my Instagram accounts because I have the accidental second account at Rainbow Crimes. And check out my website at beyondtherainbowpodcast.com. This episode's missing but not forgotten LGBT person is Erica Guerrero. Erica's missing case is a pretty recent one. She was last seen on July 20th, 2019 at a desert rave party that she attended with her girlfriend and their two friends. This happened in San Bernardino County, California, around 2 p.m. The rave was called Trip to the Moon 2 Desert Party. Erica is Hispanic. She stands 5'3 and weighs approximately 190 pounds. She has curly brown hair, brown eyes, and chaos, all in capital letters, tattooed in bold letters on her neck. 
The SUV that Erica or her girlfriend had borrowed is a red Nissan Pathfinder. It was borrowed so that Erica, her girlfriend, and the other two friends could get to the rave concert. But it was found months later on September 6th near Black Mountain Woods, and the girl who lent the Pathfinder out never even reported it stolen. Erica's girlfriend said she saw Erica drive off in the SUV. Another one of Erica's friends said that couldn't possibly be true. Erica was terrified of driving, and she never drove anywhere. According to other friends, most of Erica's family and close friends didn't like the girlfriend. They say she's crazy. Several of Erica's Facebook friends received a strange message on Facebook Messenger. The message came from Erica's account. The first thing it had was the location of Black Mountain Wilderness, and that's exactly where the SUV was found. The message sent read, I'm stuck and I need help getting out. Erica's friends think the girlfriend sent the message from Erica's Facebook account. Since Erica's disappearance, her girlfriend has removed herself from all social media and she refuses to cooperate with the police. The girlfriend's name remains a mystery to me, or I definitely would have shared it with you, Rainbow Warriors. Because as you probably know, I'm not above outing shady people. I tried to contact one of Erica's aunts, but I got no response. So I'm not sure what type, if any, of the investigation police have done. I don't know if the car was inspected, although I imagine it was. I did read that a couple search and rescue operations took place in the Black Mountain Wilderness but nothing was discovered. If any updates arise, I'll be sure to keep you posted. In the meantime, if anyone has any information on Erica's whereabouts, please contact Crime Stoppers. The tips can be anonymous, and their phone number is 800-222-8477. As this crazy-ass year of 2020 winds down, I find myself looking up how many trans people have been murdered this year. This year has been the highest amount of trans people killed on record, and I keep hoping that the number will start to dwindle, but it just keeps freaking rising. Globally, at least 350 trans people that we know of have been viciously killed. Last year, globally, the number was 331. In the United States, 36 known trans people have been murdered in 2020, and sadly, this year is not over yet. I believe by the end of 2019, 26 trans people had been murdered. They are ugly numbers and very ugly crimes. I'd like to take this episode to remember a few of our 2020 fallen trans people. Yesterday was Transgender Day of Remembrance. Unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, I wasn't able to get this episode out yesterday, but hopefully I've fixed the problem and can get it out today. In the early morning hours of May 31st in the Marquette Park neighborhood of Chicago, Illinois, a 37-year-old trans woman named Selena Reyes-Hernandez was connecting with an 18-year-old high school student named Orlando Perez. Orlando thought Selena was gorgeous and just the kind of MILF he'd like to have a night of fun with. The couple went back to Selena's place. She lived in a basement apartment that was adjacent to her family's home. The apartment had its own entrance, and for the most part, Selena enjoyed her privacy. 
After a bit of fooling around, Orlando asked to use Selena's bathroom. While he was in there, he kept the door open. Selena grabbed her phone and she was videotaping Orlando washing at the sink. She put her phone down and Orlando came back to where Selena was sitting, and he point-blankly asked her, Are you a woman? Selena admitted she was transgender. Orlando was shaken and he told her he had to leave. Orlando went home and not long later he returned to Selena's basement apartment, but this time he had a gun. He let himself into the apartment. He found Selena and he shot her twice, once in her head and once in her back, and then Orlando left. Orlando went home again, and when he was there, he kept seeing Selena's face, so he went back to Selena's apartment for a third time. He walked in, he saw her body laying face down on the floor, and he proceeded to shoot her three more times before he left again. Selena's family living in the main house had heard bangs. They really couldn't identify what the noise was, but they knew it was coming from Selena's apartment. They tried to call her cell phone, but their calls went directly to voicemail. Later that morning, they went down to check on her, and they found her body riddled with bullet holes. Immediately, the family called for emergency services, but Selena was pronounced dead on the scene. Police canvassed the neighborhood, and they found many of the homes and neighbors of Selena's had security cameras. Neighbors were giving the police access to these videos, and on these tapes, they discovered Orlando. He was dressed in identifiable clothing that matched the same thing the young man on Selena's phone was wearing. Police knew they had their guy. Orlando was arrested and charged with first-degree murder. He's being held without bail. And we are now awaiting his trial to finish to see what sentence the young Mr. Perez will receive. Brayla Stone was a young black trans teenager. She was only 17 years old when her body was found abandoned in a van north of Little Rock, Arkansas on June 25th. Brayla's favorite colors were red and purple, and she was musically gifted. She's described by friends and family as having a kind heart, and a sweet, loving nature about her. Although after Brayla's murder, her family insisted to media Brayla be called by her birth name, Braylin Stone, and they wanted them to use the he pronoun when reporting about her. But with all due respect to Brayla's family, I'm going to honor the memory of Brayla by calling her what she went by. Somebody who identified themselves as Tappan Season on Instagram claimed that they were paid $5,000 to kill Brayla. Tap and Season went on to post a picture of $5,000 in cash. And in the comment section, someone asked Tap and Season, what happened? Tap and Season responded, I zipped them for 5 k Money well spent. The account has since been deleted, and there's no way to tell if this person actually had a part in Brayla's murder. However, an arrest was made. An 18-year-old three-time loser named Trayvon Miller He's alleged to have been the one responsible for Brayla's murder. Police have been keeping this case very closed off, so we're not able to know if the evidence they have against Trayvon and why they're convinced he's the one involved. Nonetheless, he's being charged with capital murder, and that holds a life sentence or a death sentence if he's found guilty. The reason I call Trayvon a three-time loser is because he was arrested in a murder case when he was 14 years old. 
He and two of his friends ambushed a 17-year-old high school student named Brian Thompson one night. It was under the pretense of buying weed from Brian. Trayvon and his two buddies got into the car with Brian, and as Brian was weighing out the weed that the boys were buying, one of Trayvon's friends took out a gun and shot Brian in the neck and killed him. Trayvon struck a plea deal and he turned on his friends so he wouldn't be tried as an adult. He was tried as a juvenile with the stipulation if he didn't rehabilitate his behavior by the time he was 21, he could be tossed into adult prison at any time. Why the courts don't follow through with threats they make, it's beyond me. Because in 2019, when Trayvon was 17 years old, he approached a woman in a Walmart parking lot. He told the woman he was store security and he needed to check her bags and her purse for stolen items. He tried to wrestle this lady's bags and her purse from her. And when the lady told Trayvon she had a gun and she would use it on him, scared, Trayvon ran away from the lady. He ran across the parking lot from the lady to a car that an elderly gentleman was driving. The gentleman rolled down his window to see what Trayvon wanted. Trayvon told the man he was a police officer and the gentleman asked to see his badge. Trayvon said, Man, I'm just messing with you. And he ran off. Parking lot security camera caught all of this action on video. Trayvon was identified and he was brought into the police station. And that's where the woman he tried to attack and rob in the Walmart parking lot and the gentleman that was in the car were able to identify him. Trayvon spent only five days in jail before he was released. In the eyes of Unicorn Justice, This punk-ass little bitch had his three strikes. He should be out of society for good. There was no reform from the time he was 14 and had a part in the murder of a 17-year-old high school boy. That was four years to get scared straight and change his ways. True, I don't know what Orlando's home life was like, but there comes a time in someone's life when they need to be accountable for their actions. And there's yet another mention of Trayvon's criminal action. It happened in March of this year, right before Brayla's murder. Trayvon had a warrant out for identity theft. An officer recognized Trayvon and arrested him as he tried to flee. The cop found a twenty-two caliber pistol on Trayvon. And again, he was picked up and just released. Just so the following month, he could be the one that possibly murdered Brayla Stone. Again, I'll keep you posted if I run across any updates on this case. I just want to forewarn you now, nobody has been arrested in the case I'm about to share with you. Brawley, California is located in the state's Imperial Valley area of Southern California. It's a big agriculture, cattle, and feed kind of city. The case of another transgender, Gwen Arahu, whose murder I covered in a much earlier episode, she was from Brawley as well. On July 13th, The life of 22-year-old trans Marilyn Cazares came to an abrupt end. Marilyn was a people person. Her aunt says she was accepted for who she was by most of her family and they loved her. Marilyn was kind and funny. At a young age, her family knew she was supposed to be female. Even as a child, she embraced her feminine side. She loved to wear wigs and dresses. At the age of 18, Marilyn moved out of her house, and that's when she insisted on being called Marilyn, after Marilyn Monroe. Her aunt was also very upfront that Marilyn had a meth addiction, and it sometimes got the best of her. 
but Marilyn was working hard to try to get clean. She was also working on getting her GED. Marilyn had to drop out of high school when she was younger because the bullying of her gender identity from the other kids, it got unbearable for her. Marilyn liked to call the other members of the LGBT community her brothers and sisters. Her aunt also said in spite of her family's acceptance, Marilyn preferred to hang out on the streets. She felt totally accepted by the people there. In fact, she called them her people. Occasionally, Marilyn had to turn to sex work to make money. Many would say that she lived a risky life partaking in drugs and sex work. And that might be true, but it doesn't mean she was any less of a human than you or I. Marilyn was someone's child, a sibling, a friend, and she was loved by many. But the morning of July 13th of this year, her body was discovered in an abandoned old home in Brawley. Firefighters were responding to a sofa fire, and they're the ones that discovered her. Although police have not publicly given information out because this crime has not yet been solved. Marilyn's family are the ones that said Marilyn had been stabbed multiple times and then lit on fire. The Brawley police are still working on this case. Should you have any information, please contact them at 760-344-2111. Just five days ago, another trans woman was murdered. This time, it was at the hands of her husband. 39-year-old Uni Carey was an LGBT activist, an entertainer, a professional salsa dancer, and a former beauty queen. Uni was well-respected and loved in her Miami, Florida community. She was even pretty well-known in Los Angeles as a performer and trans activist. As with many trans people, Uni struggled growing up in Cuba. She came to America to pursue a life, a better life, and to be accepted for who she was. Uni's husband is also from Cuba and a dancer. He's 27-year-old Igor Aruda Souza. Say that three times fast. Igor phoned 911 dispatch around 4.30 a.m. Tuesday, November 17th. He told officers when they responded, he'd stabbed his wife multiple times with a fork and a knife he took out of the kitchen drawer. He told them he was high on meth when he did it. Igor said that he and Uni had been arguing when she told him she found a better man. And that's when Igor lost it. His jealousy raged out of control. He went to the kitchen. He grabbed the utensils, and when he got back from the kitchen, he pushed her down. He then jumped on her and plunged the knife and fork into her. And when he realized what he had done, he stopped, and he phoned for help. Igor's been arrested, and he's awaiting trial. And once again, as more news and updates might come out from this case, I'll keep you updated, Rainbow Warriors. I would just like to say it's been a wicked year for the trans community. I'm hopeful that things will get better soon for our trans family members. In the meantime, what can we do to help the situation? We can tell the victims' stories, educate others on the atrocities happening to these human beings, mostly because of hate and ignorance. Unfortunately, situations like uni carries happen because domestic abuse is real and people snap over dumb things. But communication can be key to saving someone's life. The more we publicly bring up crimes such as these, the more knowledge is being thrusted into the universe. 
crimes against the LGBTQ community has to stop being society's dirty little secrets. I urge you, Rainbow Warriors, don't be afraid to discuss the injustices that occur within the LGBTQ community. Whether you're lesbian, gay, bi, trans, non-conforming, intersex, or ally, it's so important to tell and retell these stories. Love you, Rainbow Warriors. And remember, it's not a crime to be gay, unless you're a murderer. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.